This is Basic Ball 4. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Base Hit Ball 4. My name is Glenn DeNegris alongside Tyler Blumenstick. You're making me laugh, Tyler. Alex Cashman and Scott Roswell were powering through this one. I don't care. Um, another edition, another week closer to the MLB season that starts on July 23rd. The inter-squad scrimmages are continuing. But, guys, something that's very concerning to me is that Aaron Judge is not participating in these scrimmages after months and months and months of rehabbing his broken rib. Now he has a stiff neck. It just it, it, all these ticky tack injuries with him. It, it, it's becoming a problem. Becoming a problem. I think it's been a problem since day one. I mean, his first season was phenomenal. He played the whole season. He was okay for the most part. Um, I lied. Actually, he played hurt the whole second half of the season, didn't he? His numbers went down exponentially. I'm pretty sure. Um, he had a so shoulder thing in 2017 in the second half. All right. Well, there's that. And then you know he comes back, and then he had the the freak accident two years ago, and then. Um, last year was a mess, and then at the end of the season was a mess, and here we are again, and guess what? It's a mess. Yeah. I, 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 said, I said he wasn't injury-prone and happens to be injury-prone, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really really Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Scott. Just, just not a great start. You don't want your, your MVP caliber right fielder missing time already. Um, Definitely is an issue moving forwards. Um, you know, I, I I hope for the best for him for that he can stay healthy because he's an amazing talent. But you know, it, it's definitely an issue at this point um, with you know being able to trust him. So that's I mean, I, I don't want to go into the whole podcast about Aaron Judge because we have a fun activity that we're gonna do in just a second. But you know, I was thinking about it this morning. You think of the best players in the game. You think of the Trouts and the Yelichs and the Bets and the Bellingers. And Judge should be in that conversation. But he's not only because he gets hurt all the time. I mean, his talent is right up there with those guys. And, and it's just unbelievable to me that he just can't stay healthy. And I t- t- said this in the group chat earlier today. By the time it's, t- by the time it's time to talk about his contract extension, uh, what are the Yankees going to do? I mean, they're going to have to tell you, you're not going to get the money that you may want, your, your talent deserves, because you just don't stay on the field. Well, I think there's a few reasons why he's not in that conversation with the Trouts, the Betts, the uh, the Yelichs of, of the league. And one of them is he entered the league at a little bit of an older age. He was, what, 25, right? 26 when he entered the league. Um, and he got hot, hot right from the beginning, uh, without a doubt. But, you know, between that and the fact that he does not stay on the field. And, you know, the third thing is, which nobody really seems to talk about is, I feel like these guys get super famous or super, uh, you know, they're looked at as the superstars of the league after that first contract. Like, when you can make it to that first big deal, like, obviously, Trout was a little bit of a different story. But, like, look at a guy like um, Yelich. He got that big contract, right? Or he's still on his rookie deal. No, he got a big contract from the Brewers. I just got one. I don't know. I, I just feel like that's part of it. You know, you have to have the longevity. You, not even that, that it's longevity, but you got to stay healthy long enough to get that big contract. And I'm not sure Judge will ever get that big contract, not only because of the health issues, but like I said, he entered the league at 25. You know, if he's a free agent by 29, the Yankees aren't going to give him a 10-year deal. They better not give him a 10-year deal. You'd be surprised. I'd be surprised because you're already giving Stanton a billion dollars over 10 years, and you got to – and Glaber's going to want a 10-year deal. Glaber's probably going to be more deserving of a more lengthy contract than Judge will be because over the and fact that Glaber will be a free agent when he's 26, 27 years old. Same he came with up Gary. With, same with Gary, but we'll see. I, it, Gary, if still, even with the injury proneness that Judge has, I would still choose Judge over Gary if I had to keep only one. Without um, a doubt. Yeah. yeah. But I just I also think want to be the, known. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ty. Sorry, we got a little issues with Zoom. Sometimes it's like a little bit of a delay. But not what I was saying. The the only way I would give Gary a contract long term is like, yes, he's the best hitting catcher in baseball. I mean, arguably up there with Real Muto, but his defense has to come along if he wants to get paid the way he wants to get paid. Um, 
look, they brought in uh, – I forget. His name is slipping my mind. But who, the guy that transformed Mitch Garver in Minnesota, um, we actually have a blog about it up on the website um, from Matt Rebusel. So go check that out if you're interested in a little catcher story. Um, but the one thing he's doing is he's teaching Gary to kind of start his glove at the bottom of the zone and bring it upwards when he's framing a pitch as opposed to setting up kind of more, more towards his chest and then for a low pitch going down to grab it. And I was looking at video and it, it really does make sense because when you're bringing your glove down, it, the optics of it makes it look like a ball. And when you're starting your glove at the bottom of the zone and you come up and grab a low pitch, you, your momentum brings your hand up and you can frame it more at the top of the knee. So look, there's just like little things that he can work on and especially blocking is a huge thing. But like if he wants to get that contract, it's got to, it's got to come by way of his defense improving. And also, he has tendency to get a little bit lazy when it comes to blocking balls. Um, Scott, before we get into our big activity for the podcast today, any uh, any updates on how your Phillies look during their inner squad and their summer camp? Yeah, so the first first inner squad scrimmage was uh, was aired today. Um, it's still going on. They're playing ten innings. Uh, got to see Zach Wheeler pitch. He looked phenomenal, um, which was great because. I've been skeptical of that signing just because I've seen him pitch a lot and he's, he's a, he's an above average pitcher. I would hope he can develop a little bit more. Um, the other starting pitcher is Vince Velasquez who's battling for the fifth spot. Another guy who's got potential, but has struggled historically. Um, but one of the things that the broadcasters were talking about was just how consistent defensively the Phillies have been uh, starting back in spring um, and has continued here in the summer camp and just the impact that Girardi has had just driving home consistency to this franchise where when a minor leaguer was coming up to play in a spring training game, he knew exactly what was going on that the big league team was doing, which I think is huge because injuries happen all the time in sports. The ability to have somebody come in and replace what's going on and just having an idea of what they need to be doing is a huge step in that process. So that was something that excited me hearing that today, just how consistent they've been top to bottom uh, as an organization is, 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 sorry, has excited me um, going into this new season. Well, we're about a few days away from scrimmages between different teams. I believe the Yankees and Phillies play next week, next Monday, I believe. I know they play the Mets this weekend. So we're getting there. We're about nine days away from opening day, and we decided to have a fun activity for this episode. Speaking we're gonna do of opening day, go I got to plug my minors. Oh, go, oh yes. How, how silly of me to forget something that important. <laughs> go, please. I'm going to smack Take you. I just floor. want you to know. So <laughs> anyway – yeah. No, I'm going to come over there and smack you, but uh, with a mask on, but, um, social distance slap. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to my Sussex County miners. We'll be opening the season on July 23rd. Uh, we'll have a, a little six team tournament for the second half of the summer. We're incredibly excited to get started. Um, Skyland stadium, come out and support the Sussex County miners and the New Jersey Cardinals are back for a half season of action. Who are the New Jersey Cardinals? The New Jersey Cardinals used to be the single-A affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, and they played in Skyland Stadium um, when the stadium first opened. The Cardinals were the team to build it. Um, so they just then, put together a team just randomly, random players, or have they been active? Well, no, 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 no. It's just another team so that we could get a league going. So there will be two home teams in each stadium. Uh, there will be the Sussex County Miners and the New Jersey Cardinals at Skyland Stadium the New Jersey Jackals and the Jersey wise guys at Yogi Berra stadium. I like that team. I think the that's new, cool. the New York bold and the New York brave. Um, no, the Rockland bold and the New York brave at, uh, Palisades park. Wonderful. That's exciting. Yeah, so, so we can't wait to get started. So, and there will be fans in those stands, right? There will be fans in the stands. Oh, good. We can't so if you have, come out. so if you're itching to see baseball in person, that's your, I know, I know Tyler's coming. I know Tyler's coming. I'll go. I'll I just I just don't want to drive ninety minutes to Skylands when I can go to Yogi. That's fifteen minutes away. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be a Yogi. So. Well, even when it's a Miners and Jackals game, we have home Yogi. games every weekend between either um, the Miners or the Cardinals. All right. Sounds good. 
Thanks for that plug, Cash. Always appreciate it. All right, top 10 home runs in MLB history. Um, pretty self-explanatory. This was hard. This is harder than I thought it was going to be because there's so many home runs that you can pick. You can do a top 30 at the top of your head real quick. So my question to you guys before we deep dive into this list is, is this more of personal favorites, historical favorites, th- things that you probably were there live? How would you guys come up with your lists? I just – so, like, I admittedly am, like, not really bad, but, like, I'm not so familiar with, like, deep history, like, beginning of baseball history, like, 50s, 60s, 70s. Like, my knowledge starts more 90s on, um, where I'm actually comfortable talking about it. So, I did some research. Like, I've seen clips of stuff, but it doesn't really stick in my mind as to, like, the relevance and the significance significancy is that a word yes significancy of like these home runs when they actually happened back in the day so mine's kind of a mix of both the historical impact yeah is that i mean what you're looking for okay well i mean at the time it wasn't a historical impact but today like i just don't I, I it's hard to grasp the historical impact of that not obviously living through the moment itself scott how'd you come up with your list Spent a lot of time on YouTube today um, instead of working. Um, so oh, no, sorry to no, my to my managers out there. Um, I know you're not listening, but um, so yeah, uh, a lot of YouTube um, just to kind of refresh my memory. Some historical moments, uh, a couple personal favorites mixed in there. Um, it was a it was a fun activity to do. So I'm excited to see how we compare. Um, you know, moving forwards. All right, let's start at number 10. Cash. That's no, okay. I didn't have to answer I'm the question. Letting you, I'm leading you in to go first. Or if you want to make a comment, go ahead. I was personal. Okay. Now okay, you yours is perfect. So how Cash, are we going to do this? Are we, all gonna, are we all going to give 10 or we're just going to everybody run through it? Let's do 10. Everyone go through 10 and then everyone go through 9. Okay. And then on the, all the way down. So I'll give Cash the, uh, the leadoff spot. All right. So at number 10, this was hard for me because at the time it made me so excited, but – it's just not that significant of a home run. Uh, when Jeter came back after his broken foot, his leadoff home run right off the DL, that's number 10 for me. That I screamed. My dad came sprinting inside saying, Alex, what's going on? What's wrong? What's wrong? I was like, Jeter just hit a, a leadoff home run right off the DL. Like, he's back. He's back. And I just that, like, was that, that was that 2013 team where yeah. Jeter broke the ankle in the playoffs the year before. He came back against Kansas City. And he had a little chopper third base single, and he got hurt immediately on that hit, I think. And then he missed like another month and a half. And then he hit that home run off the Rays and Matt Moore, I believe. Yeah, it was wild. And then, every, and then everyone was like, here we go, 2013 Yankees, we're going to win it all. And then Jeter got hurt no, again. I think you might have the been team the only wasn't one good. That. Yeah, well, that, those, that 13, 14, 15, 16 teams are not Yankees teams to write home about. That was a good, I remember that home run very well. Yeah, it made my heart race. It's racing Tyler. about it. Um, so I'll stick with the Jeter theme here. Um, my number 10 is Jeter's 3,000th hit off David Price um, into the left field bleachers against the Rays. I just feel like it's, it's not like in the scope of history and all time, it's not one of the biggest home runs, but it's a nice little personal favorite for me to throw in at number 10 and sneak in there before I kind of get to the serious stuff, so. But he is also one of only a few players to get their 3,000th hit on a home run. So there is some significance to that. Him, A-Rod. I was at the A-Rod one, by the way. I have A-Rod's 3,000th in my honorable mentions. So, And then I have Wade Wade Boggs also hit 3,000 home run. 3,000 hit as a home run. Mm -hmm. It's a select group uh, and three great, you know, Hall of Fame talents right there. So I'd say it's a good pick. I like that pick, too. I appreciate it. I mean, all these lists are going to be completely different because we all have different ways of determining what's the best of all time. Some people did historic. I did more historic. You guys are doing personal. That's totally fine. Um, but I, that's, that's a, if you do top 10 Yankees home runs of all time, I think that would sneak in, I guess. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. Like that. I don't know if I'm the only one, but all of my home runs are Yankee home runs. <laughs> oh, God. Oh that's why God. it took me I so know quick it. to do I it. I know it. I know it. I don't care. It's my personal list. It's your list. You can do whatever the hell you want. Good for you. Scott, go ahead. Uh, So number 10, uh, Jose Altuve, a home run off of Aroldis Chapman. 
Oh, oh you're a piece of shit. That'll I'm just about do it for this edition of Base Hit Ball 4. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I just wanted to ruffle some feathers there. Uh, my number 10 is actually uh, Rajay Davis's. Uh, oh, so that wasn't even run. your number 10. So you're just actually an asshole. Yeah. I was just pissing guys off. Okay. Yeah. So my number 10 is actually uh, Rajay Davis's home run in the bottom of the eighth inning of game seven of the World Series in 2006. I like that uh, Not a guy known for his power. Um, came up in a huge spot, tied the game for the Indians. Unfortunately, they went on to lose that game. But along with the call by Matt Vaskersian, uh, it's just an incredible moment. I just remember watching that game in the living room of my house at, uh, at Monmouth with my, with my friends there and just going nuts because it was an incredible game, big home run. Uh, so that's my number 10. Uh, this is also on my list. It's a little bit – it's not 10. It's a little bit more down my list. Um, but, yeah, I, this home run is one of those holy shit moments that you're watching. It doesn't matter what team you're a fan of. Like, you watch that and you're like – Wow, this is this is this is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. Because you know, it was Game Seven. Both teams haven't won in a million years. The Cubs it was 108. Um, the Indians it was 60 something, 70 something years. I think 1948 was the last time the Indians won. So both teams who just haven't won in forever. Um, the Cubs had a 5-1 lead after four and a half. They were down 6-3 entering that seventh inning. You have probably the best reliever in baseball in the game. And a tie, and you hit a three-run home run like that. It's crazy. And if the Indians would have won that game, I think it's probably in the top three historically. Oh, absolutely. It, it definitely would go up if they win that game. Definitely take a knock for the loss, but still an incredible moment for him. It's one of those, you know, Cash's favorite movies, Moneyball. And, you know, the famous quote is, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Uh, that's one of those moments for me. So I think that's, that's number eight for me. Um, my number 10 is the Bucky Dent home run against the Red Sox. My list is more historical. So I went back and back and back decades and decades and decades. Uh, the Bucky Dent home run, um, against the Red Sox in that 1978 one game playoff hit it off. Mike Torres in the seventh, the Yankees were down three, nothing in the seventh inning, uh, down two, nothing. I'm sorry. And he hit a three run home run to give the Yankees a three to two lead. Um, a little backstory. The Yankees were down by 14 games on July 19th of that year. They came storming back. They forced the one game playoff. And they won the game, they won the division, and they ended up winning their second straight World Series. So without that home run, who knows how who wins? That maybe the Red Sox go on to win the World Series, and the curse of the Bambino stops 50 years before or 30 years before it did in 2004. So one of those home runs that changed the landscape for both franchises, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, that's that's not one that would immediately come up for me. I've I've always heard a lot about it, um, but obviously it's not as growing up as a Yankee fan. Don't know a ton about that one, but I've always heard about that Bucky Dent home run. So I, I feel that's certainly fair to throw that on your list there. All right, Cash, what next Yankee moment do you have at nine? Uh, yeah, let me pull my list back up here. So at nine, this one – um, I wanted lower on the list, and I just I, – I had a hard time with this list, man. I did. But number nine is Alex Rodriguez's home run in the 15th inning in 2009 against the Red Sox. Off, uh, I don't remember who was off. Josh, I know Josh Beckett started that game, and A.J. Burnett started that game for the Yankees. It was a 0-0 game, and finally in the 15th inning, A-Rod just unleashed a moonshot. Jeter on second base. Yankees went 2 nothing. I love baseball. Nice. It's uh, it's a it's a big home run. I wouldn't. I, it's not top ten of all time, but I know it's your list. I know it's listen, your list. But I asked specifically all, <laughs> for the ten best of all. In my time. opinion, it's top ten of all time. In my okay. head, it's top okay. ten of all time. Sure. Also, I didn't read the text message fully. I thought it just said your favorite home runs. So uh, there's that. But I'm giving my weekly cents. story here with you. Why not reading like, the group chat? You don't read texts. I'm bad. But I did read. I, I have my list, and I have honorable mentions of non-Yankee home runs. So You might be, like, the king of asking a question where the answer, like, if you just take your thumb and scroll it, like, maybe twice up, you'll find the answer without even having to text. Well, maybe I can't read. How about that? He well, chooses what he wants the question. College graduate, can't read. Backstory on that home run. The Yankees in that season, 09, obviously they won the World Series, but they actually, a lot of people forget because they ended up winning, and it doesn't matter anymore, that they started the season 0-8 against the Red Sox. They were terrible. 
against the Red Sox, and they beat everybody they were else. Terrible against everyone at the beginning. So of the that season. was a that was the beginning of a four game series in the early August, I believe. And that Yankees really pulled away in the division with that home run. Um, it was a yeah, it's one of the classic Yankee Red Sox games in regular season history, at least. So that's your number nine. We go back up to Tyler. All right, number nine for me is Didi Gregorius's three run home run in the wild card game against the Twins. Um, it's again not really cracking the top ten of all time, but after Luis Severino went out there and absolutely threw in a clunker to the Twins, and Didi literally re-energized that entire baseball team. Um, I just feel like it had to go in there. Yeah, I get you were there. We, we understand. I wasn't going to say anything. I'm just. I thought you're just smiling I'm down sh- there. I'm sure this is the top three in Cash's list. Is it not? Um, Probably number one. <laughs> it's not number one, but. Oh my it's God. up there. N- none of you, what. none of you listen to me. Here, Glenn. None I'm, of you. I'm here listen. participating, and I'm here giving good entertainment. All right. So you okay. shut it. All right. Thank you. I know exactly oh, where I was when that. Home I know exactly where hit. I was. I was yeah, in, in the Five Guys on Route 36. Uh, is that 30? It's 36 or 35 up at school, and I listened to the first, like the top of the first, in the car on the way there. I was like, "Oh, this game's over." And then I went in and I was watching it on my phone while I was waiting for my order. And then Didi hit that bomb. And I was like, oh, we got a game here. And I, I, I just vividly remember sitting in that five guys just waiting for my food. I so my, remember texting Please. Tyler after the top of the first inning. And I said, Tyler, am I crazy for live betting the Yankees here? And he said, yes, but I do, I'm doing it too. <laughs> uh, my, my story about that home run is that I had to miss the top of the first inning of that game because I was calling a women's high school field hockey game on WMCX at Monmouth. So big I missed time. the top of the first. Big time. Huge. Not I had fan. to do You're it. not a true fan. Not a, no, I, I suck. Um, so I get to my car after the game, and I turn on, and John Sterling's like, yeah, Severino's having a really rough inning. I was like, Jesus Christ, what, what's going on? So it's 3 nothing. I walk into Tyler's apartment, and then Didi hits the home run. Just Tyler's like, apartment? Just Tyler's apartment. You weren't there. You weren't you there. So in that moment, rent. it's Tyler's apartment, okay? We shared the so rent. Everybody in – yeah, okay, sure. So everybody in the apartment went absolutely nuts. It was probably the craziest, craziest time. That I, craziest home run – craziest I ever went on a home run. So I, that's, that's a big moment for me. Top 10 Yankee home runs in my lifetime, that's definitely in there. Without a doubt. Without yeah, a doubt. It's, absolutely. In it's in there. All right, Scotty. All right, so my nine is uh, David Freeze's walk-off home run in game That's one of my honorable of mentions. 2011 World Series. Uh, absolute breakout series for David Freeze. And then another great call um, by the announcer, Joe Buck. Uh, you know, Emmer, um Emulating his father, making the same call. We'll see you tomorrow night. Um, just a big moment there. I, it's a, it sticks out for me. Um, hitting a walk-off home run in the World Series has got to be one of the greatest feelings ever. So, uh, certainly, you know, I want to throw that one on my list. And what's amazing about that home run, Scott, is leading up to it, what that game six was about to become because – the Cardinals were trailing in the ninth. They were a strike away from losing. And who was up? David Freeze hits the triple in the bottom of the ninth over Nelson Cruz's head to tie the game. And then right after that, Josh Hamilton hits the two-run home run to give the Rangers the lead again. Bottom of that inning, Lance Bergman ties the game. And then a couple innings later, it was just one of those crazy games. Like we talked before about the game seven of 2016 with Rajay Davis. Both of those World Series games are just nuts. And one of the reasons why baseball is one of the if, in my opinion, the best sport that you can find. Do you guys remember watching the, that game, Tyler and Cash? Yeah, no, I don't. You know, I was just going to say, actually, Glenn, now that you mentioned that, I was, I was going over this list, and I was like, wow, most of these I was with Tyler for. <laughs> like, he witnessed my reactions firsthand for a good majority of them. That just means you didn't really dig very deep for these home runs because yeah, you kind of just like threw threw the list together because you forgot. I didn't forget. No, maybe it's a nice mixture. So you have no memory of the David Freeze home run? Not necessarily. I said yes. Oh, you're not talking to me. Are you going to tell your story? Sure. Am I going to go? Me? No. It wasn't that significant to me. I I didn't care. 
So perfect segue, because Scott talked about Joe Buck's See You Tomorrow Night Call, paying homage to his father. My number nine is the original We Will See You Tomorrow Night Call. It's the Kirby Puckett home run against, Bra- against the Braves in the 91 World Series. Uh, it was game six. Uh, the trends were down three to two in the series. Puckett comes up, and he hits, obviously he hits the home run off Charlie Limbrand. I can't read my own handwriting, but I move on. Um, so forced to game seven, obviously we will see tomorrow night. And then if you remember, you guys, I'm not sure you guys remember you weren't born, but if I don't know what I'm talking about, the, the, the twins ended up winning the series because the game seven, won nothing in 10 innings, Jack Morris pitched a 10 inning shutout, which is unheard of now. And he outdueled John Smoltz. So that's my number nine. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the video, uh, YouTube videos I watched was this home run, uh, historic world series. This, you know, it's one of the most memorable of all time, especially that game seven with Jack Morris going that 10 inning shutout, something that most likely we won't ever see again because no pitcher can get past the seventh inning. Um, Definitely a historic, historic home run. Definitely up there in the top 10 um, all time. Certainly. Now we go down to number eight cash. We're back to you. Another Yankee. Great. Uh, 2017, Brett Gardner hits a huge home run in the top of the ninth inning at Wrigley Field. I remember that one. Count it out. I'm pretty sure I was with both of you for that one because Glenn looked at me and said, Gardner sucks. And I looked at him and I said some obscene things after Gardner went yard. No, you texted me that. I was home watching the game. Maybe maybe I texted you that. But but I think we're right – out of school at that point. I think we left for the summer. We, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm a huge Brett Gardner fan. As am I. And Glenn's a, just a fraud. <laughs> Glenn hates Brett Gardner. So every time Gardner hits a home run, I rub it in Glenn's face because I love being right. But that was a big home run. That was a huge home run. So that's- They were down, what, 2 nothing. Yep. Two outs in the ninth, and he hits a three-run home run. I think down to their last strike, too. It's a big home run. Huge. The Cubs were defending champions, and the Yankees were coming in there. They were still the young, unknown team because remember that was going the into that. Down year. Yeah, if you remember going, year. if you remember going into 2017, the Yankees didn't have a lot of expectations. We didn't know what Judge was because he was coming off that 2016 where he was terrible. I think he hit 194. Um, we didn't know what Severino was. Uh, Sanchez, Sanchez. Sanchez had that 20 home run spurt at the end of 2016, but we were like, can he do it over the course of 162? And they shocked everyone. And they ended up going to game seven of the ALCS. And that was kind of the first moment of that season of 2017 for the Yankees where that we were like, okay, this team could make noise this year. We might not need to wait two or three more years until these guys develop. They could be developed right now. So for me, that was one of the highlights of the 2017 season. Same. So I like that. That was a good pick, Cash. I like Thank that. You. Thank you. Even though you're not, you didn't listen to me. Shut up. <laughs> it's, go, it's fine. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, all right, my number eight is George Brett's pine tar incident home run. It didn't stand as a home run, but it was a home run indeed. Um, so I believe it was, I guess I could just look at my notes, 1983. Um, if I get this correct, it was top of the ninth. It was at Yankee Stadium, 4-3 game. George, obviously the Rose are away. Rose are losing. Um George Brett hits the home run. Billy Martin comes running out of the dugout, basically complaining about the pine tar. Um, umpires deemed it too much pine tar. Obviously, everybody knows this. I don't really have to go through it, but George Brett goes nuts. Famous clip, and yeah, that's my number eight. Called him out. Yankees win. So I guess the Yankees are involved there. They get a win. It's pretty good. So actually, and a couple eight, weeks nine, later, ten for me are all Yankees involved. So call me Cash. So that home run, actually, they they put it back on the board. Did you know that? No. They put it back on the board, and they played like three months later and finished the game. Well. Well, that's what they did. And another story. Um, Greg Nettles, the third third baseman for the Yankees at the time was Greg Nettles, and he knew for a long time that uh, George Brett used a lot of pine tar. And he was like, I'm not going to say anything until it hurts us. And it hurt them. And he said something to Billy, and Billy came out, and then everything happened. And then eventually – um, it was determined through some investigation or whatever they did in the American League offices that pine tar doesn't give you an advantage. 
So they ended up replaying the game about a month later. And the Royals ended up getting the win. So, I, I never idea. knew that part of the story. You didn't know that? Uh, no. That's, no. that's making it an awesome little tidbit. No, I there. swear to God. Look it up. Wikipedia. But that's a historical oh, clip Wikipedia of George Brett just losing his mind. When you, yeah. you look at – when you look – go on YouTube and you look up baseball freakouts, that one's at the top of the list. So Right there with Luke I like the little twist there. Yeah, the game was resumed 25 days later on August 18th. It officially ended with the Royals winning 5-4. to four. There you go. I didn't know that. So you learn something new every day talking to me because I am a well, clearly every baseball genius. I knew every I know everything about the sport of baseball. So. so just to clarify that, about two hours ago, Glenn said that Gary Sanchez was looking absolutely terrible. And then well, about I, a half hour I later. I stand by that. I stand hour, by that. He looked terrible. I'm glad he showed a half hour later. And now I can't hear Cash. Yeah, you're lost. In, you're there. Lost you. All right. Whose turn is it? It is Scott's let's, let's turn. Let's keep the show going. Catch figure turn? it out. We're on we're on eight, right? Yep. Um, so my eight is uh comes from last season. Definitely this one's gonna ruffle your feathers, Glenn, just because it's not an all timer. But Bryce Harper's walk off grand slam last year against the Cubs um was one of the highlights of my summer. Another situation where I remember exactly what I was doing. Um I had a dual screen setup going up in the basement. I was playing some Fortnite with some friends while also watching this game. And all of a sudden, the Phillies start coming back in the ninth inning. And we get to Bryce Harper on a Thursday night, rocking the powder blues, the best uh, uniforms in baseball. Um, and it hits an absolute tank into the upper deck in right field. And the call by John Cruck uh, seems to be a theme with me. The, the call by the announcers that goes along with it, uh, I feel like makes the play as well. Um, just an absolute bomb. I, I love that moment. I immediately went out and bought a Bryce Harper jersey the minute You didn't have happened. one already? I, I had talked about buying one. I never went around with doing it. Um, and as soon as that home run happened, I, I bought the jersey. Uh, it's, one, it's a great call. It's, it's our intro with the Michael K call. It's part of, the, part of the intro. It's part of the show. And you're absolutely right about the calls. The calls are so important. Maybe just as important as the home runs in some ways. Because if you have a shitty call on a very important home run, that's bad. That's not good for the announcer and his legacy. So I have all the respect in the world to the announcers who make those calls because it's not not easy. As we've all done it, we all did it in college. It's not easy at all. Okay, my number eight. We can go through my number eight quickly because we talked about it already. Rajay Davis against the Cubs um, in Game Seven of sixteen. Nothing we already talked about. Um, Just. Tremendous home run, tremendous moment in baseball history, and could have been higher on my list if the Indians won the game. So, Cash, do we have you? Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can hear you. All right, number seven. I'm so freaking smart. All right, number seven, another Yankee great. Uh, Alex Rodriguez's first home run in 2009. He was on the DL for the first month of the season. Uh, Yankees were really struggling. Uh, he comes in, first pitch he sees is against the Baltimore Orioles in Camden Yards. It's an absolute nuke shot. Drives home to Shera, and at that point, the Yankees started to turn their season around. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a huge home run for so many different reasons, but that started the, the path of the World Series. That's a huge home run, not only for that season, but for A-Rod's career in general, I feel. Because remember, in 2009, leading into that, he just got popped for PEDs the first time. Um, he was going through these year after year of being terrible in the playoffs. Oh, four, he was bad. Oh, five, he was bad. Oh, six, he was bad. Oh, seven, he was bad. Um, 2008, they didn't make the playoffs. 2009, he gets popped for the PDs. He has the hip surgery. And people are like, is he done? His career is his career is over. And the Yankees struggled out of the gate in 2009. Um, they were, they were really bad. They went on that spending, spending spree in the offseason. They got CC, they got AJ Burnett, they got Mark Teixeira, and they weren't clicking. And it wasn't until when A-Rod came back where everything fell into place. A-Rod came back, then Teixeira started playing better, Matsui started playing better, the team started playing better, and they took off. And then we all know what, what A-Rod did in the, in the playoffs that year. I'm sure that's on your list later, Cash, the A-Rod playoff home runs in 2009. But they're not? Oh, my God, your list sucks, man. Your list is terrible. Regardless, big home run for A-Rod. And I, I – yeah. All right, Tyler, number seven. Um. I have Barry Bonds's 756th home run in 2007 to pass Hank Aaron. 
he ended his career with what I think seven sixty two or sixty four or something. Oh, one of the other. Sure. I don't know. I think it's sixty two. But yeah, I mean, look, whether you want to discredit the man or not for what he did, um, it's still a crap load of home runs. So, and do you guys discredit moment, it? No, we talked about this what a couple episodes ago. I don't look. Yeah. I mean, yes, it taints it a tiny, tiny bit. But like I said in that episode, like it's you're still hitting the home run. You're still putting the bat on the ball. It's not really doing so much for you. But, look, you can't erase the moment. You can take the statistics out. You can keep them out of the Hall of Fame. But the moment was the moment. The home run was the home run. So, that's why it is my number seven. Yeah, it's a big home run, and it, it still stands. As I don't think it'll ever be broken. I know home runs are off know. the charts these days. I don't know if it, the longevity of it is the problem. That's a crazy amount of home runs. Like It is. It's a lot. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a math major. I'm not going to do the math in front of me. But how many home runs over the course of a 20-year career do you need to tie? 764 divided by 20. I feel like you got it. You got it? Yeah. Can you lean into the microphone so we can hear you? 38.1. Yeah. 38.2. 38.2 for 20 years. So you can't get hurt. You can't have a down, I guess. It's crazy. So, uh, right, Scott, so number Ty, seven. Ty and I were actually right on the same page with this one. I, oh, wow. I combined I combined two uh, home runs for this one. I did the Bond 756 and McGuire's 62nd home run. Um, That's my number six. Season. So I, can, I put these two together and I put an asterisk next to it because that's how it is in the record books. Um, right. But as Ty mentioned and you mentioned, Glenn, the moment. The the amount of you know hype that went into that that Bonds home run was huge, um, and then we talked about it a couple of weeks ago after the McGuire Sosa documentary how important that home run race was for baseball at this time. Uh, so even though some people are going to knock it and say it's not the real record, um, it is at this point. Um, so that's why I put those two together because of the the historical positive of it and the negative at the same time so one quick story about that home run before i go into my number seven that i think is really funny even to this day the guy who caught the 756 home run was dressed in a mets jersey okay and right at that moment 2007 their collapse started so some could say (laughs) that that home run that fan that caught the 756 tainted home run if you call it that was the reason why the mets collapsed and the phillies won the division that year I don't know if you guys knew that. Absolute great moment in Philly's history, right there. There it is. All right, my number seven is Jeter's walk-off home run in Game Four of 2001 against the Diamondbacks, the uh, classic Mister November. Damn it, Glenn. I'm sorry. So backstory on the game: the Yankees are losing the entire. They they didn't hit that entire series really, so they're losing the ninth, down by two, two outs, ninth inning. Tino comes up, hits the home run uh, to tie the game. Um, the Yankees are down 2-1 in the series. Next inning, Jeter comes up. Um, the chimes hit. It's November, the first ever games that went into November in the history of baseball because of 9-11 that hurt New York City, obviously. And Jeter comes up and he gets the home run, ties the series at two. And it's such a big moment for so many people, especially the people that were affected. Um, I, I, whenever I see highlights of that World Series in games four and five of those classic games, I think how many people that are sitting in those seats cheering right there for those home runs like a month before were just broken. So those home runs are very important in Yankee history. And I think they're probably top five in Yankee history based on the fact that what that city needed at that time. So number seven is the Jeter, Arizona home run. Absolutely. Uh, as much as I don't want to say it, the Yankees should have deserved. The Yankees deserve to win that World Series. Um, if they had won that, um, would have been huge for the. City. I don't think anyone would have, would have complained if the Yankees won that World Series. Would have been huge for the country and uh, tough run for uh, Young Young Kim there in yeah. that World Series. He's lucky that uh, Luis Gonzalez bailed him out and broke his bat and floated one into center field. And you know what's funny? The game seven of that series, Alfonso Soriano's home run gets completely wiped out in history because they didn't win the game. Kind of like Rajai Davis, kind of like DJ LeMahieu last year. Those home runs are completely wiped through history because you don't, you don't win. So, so Jeter's home run is number seven for me, and we're going to go now to six, and we're back at the top of the order with Cash. Oh, great. Now my home run means nothing. 
because you can still I, talk about what it means to you. Go ahead. I have my BJ LeMay who 2019 oh, on okay. at number six. <laughs> um, and full disclosure, when I first made this list, it wasn't even on there. I honestly forgot about it because I tried to wipe that night out of my memory. I mean, it, it was to me that game wasn't fun to watch. I don't know about anyone else. I didn't no, enjoy watching that absolutely game. Absolutely not. I was stressed, and it, the Yankees not playing well didn't help um it didn't help my head it didn't help my heart or my wallet uh so that was a really tough game to watch and when LeMayu hit that home run like it's probably the closest I've ever came to pooping my pants it was it was wild it was to me it was so unexpected because I just had given up hope at that point that it was just like wow I lost control of my body. I didn't, I didn't actually, but I'm just saying like that was like an outer body experience. It was, it was, that was definitely experience. one of the most unexpected Yankee home runs I've it ever just seen. came out of nowhere. And LeMay was not game, a home run guy, you know, that, that game, nothing went the Yankees way the entire time up until that point, the entire game was about the Astros. And I thought it was just, I thought it was over. I was at work. I was streaming on my phone. I was, I could, I risked my job. I risked losing my job being on the phone at that time but i uh, uh i at that point i was like oh we're about to win the world series and then what do uh, i yeah. know 10 minutes later altuve i mean they the yankees didn't even give us 20 minutes to enjoy that home run this i do you when you watch it now if you see a replay of it does it make you happy or do you just remember what happens 15 minutes i later? turn it off that's it makes rough. my stomach turn no but it's on your list of favorite home runs of all time. Because at the moment, it was awesome. <laughs> like, it, it was crazy. Like, the thought process going through I my mind. I collapsed when So, I quick story happened. about that. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings with a few of my friends to watch that game. We left in the eighth. And I was like, I'll just watch the rest of the game at home. Like, I'm, I'm done. And I get home, and I'm sitting with my parents, and, like, I'm just clinically depressed on my couch. <laughs> and they're like, Alex, it's just a game. And I was like, no, it's not. Life. It's life. And my money is not helping. And uh, then he hit that home run, and I was like, like I said, I almost pooped myself. But, you know, we can move yeah, on. To shit happens. Number six. Uh-huh, it's funny. But, go, up you know. to, go up to number six with Ty. Um, yeah, I'm not going to waste any time really on this but because Scott kind of looped it in with his six and seven. But I had the um, McGuire 67, or 62nd home run to pass Roger Maris um, in 1998. He went on to hit 70 that year. Um, yeah, I'm not going to harp on it because Scott touched on it, but yeah, that was my number six. Great. So, uh, so my number six is actually three home runs by one player in one series. Happened be happy in 2000, one, it happened in 2004. Um, might bring back some nightmares for you guys, but David Never Ortiz um, in the 2004 ALCS hit three mammoth home runs for the Red Sox. Um, none bigger than the one in game four in extra innings um, to walk it off. Then he came back in game five and hit a two-run home run in the middle of the game, put the Red Sox ahead. Um, And then he did the same thing in game seven um, in Yankee Stadium, hit a two-run home run in the top of the first inning, um, put the Red Sox ahead. Rest is history. Red Sox came back from 3-0. Uh, to beat the Yankees and then went on to win the World Series. And David Ortiz's, you know, breakout moment as a figure in baseball. Um, that's my number six. Not to be rude, but I truly don't care who's next. Thanks, Scott. Uh, <laughs> Scott, I don't really think that was necessary, but, you know, it's fine. Actually, the real dagger of that game, of Game 7, was the Johnny Damon Grand Slam. That's the real dagger of that series. But, yeah. Ugh whatever i luckily i wasn't really invested in the yankees at that point in my life too young at that point too young i was thinking i was seven so i was like whatever but thanks for that scott you're welcome my number six is kirk gibson uh his home run against oakland in the 1988 world series the famous i don't believe what i just saw the famous uh the impossible has happened that home run hit it off hall of famer dennis eckersley um he had an injury to both of his legs so he was out of the lineup and they were down three to two in the ninth pinch hit home run. Um, obviously the famous kind of celebration while I was rounding the bases. I don't even know what he's trying to do, but he was the Dodge- just trying to motivate his body to keep yeah. going around the bases. Cause he was struggling. Yeah. Just the, the sheer will 
Like he had nothing. He was not healthy whatsoever. And he just willed that ball over the fence and he willed himself around the bases. Dodgers won that series in five. One of the famous calls of all time. One of the most famous home runs of all time. So that's my number six. All you cash. I did my, I started with six. Number five. Well, you're oh, oh I thought you said, okay. <laughs> so uh, we don't have to hard on it. We talked about it. Uh, my number five is Jeter's 3000th home run. Just un- unbelievable. Sent chills down my body. I mean, and another home run, another home run call. That's in our intro. Right. Michael K. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. He was five for five that day. And he had the game winning single in the bottom of the eighth. Great day. Great day to be a Yankee fan. The greatest man of all time. Tremendous. All right, Tyler, number five. Uh, Barry Bonds' 71st home run to two Barry Bonds in here. McGuire um, in 2001. Two Barry Bonds. Yeah. Two Barry Bonds home runs. I mean, he's Look, he's the leader. I, mean, yeah. I feel like he's got to be on the list maybe. All time once, and single season. more than once. There you go. Yeah. Look, I, don't, I never saw that home run outside of YouTube, but, yeah, I feel like it's got to be up there. All right, Scotty, f- number five. Uh, my number five is uh, Jose Bautista's game five home run in the 2015 ALDS. We all know it as the bat flip. Um, it's a – iconic gif at this point uh yeah. that flip of the bat um and led to jose bautista getting his shit rocked uh the next year by rugnet odor um and almost knocked him out because of it uh it's a great moment it's a huge home run huge momentum shift for the blue jays um i guess it's a personal favorite for me i just love that home run so it's probably not the greatest of all time, but I think it, it gets, it has its right place in an argument. It's amazing how society changes over the course of years. Like that bat flip was the most controversial thing ever when it happened. And if that happened in 2020, eh, it's just it's, average. It's average. I mean, it's the right Tim Anderson off. bat flip is much more disrespectful than that was. So I think it kind of laid the groundwork for people being like, all right, I, the people got mad at first, but people were like, you know what? flip your bat who gives a shit kind of situation so that's a big home run um i did i hated the blue jays i hated that blue jays team so much i think they were cocky and arrogant they had donaldson and bautista and, and carnacion and they had david price who i hate hated those teams so number five for me is the babe ruth called shot i went way back were 1932 it's, a, what? it's on my list as well said were you there live no i wasn't there live unfortunately 1932 Game 3 World Series. Um, so the story is that the fans or players, and I, when I did research, I got both, um, were heckling Ruth the entire game. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to call my shot. He pointed at the center field flagpole, and he says, I'm going to hit a pass the center field flagpole. And he hit the next pitch, pass the center field flagpole. Um, depending on where you research and where you read, it went either 440 to 490 feet. Um, and the Yankees ended up sweeping that series. But something I didn't know that I learned researching this right before we went on is that the next pitch, right after Babe Ruth hit that home run, Lou Gehrig hit a home run. So they went back-to-back those two. So that's my number five. Yeah, that one's on Probably my one of the most, well. famous, most famous old home runs of all time. Yeah, and I think the, the story and, like, the myth behind it is what makes it so great. Um, so I have that as three. Um, for me, just because of the, the, the legend behind it. Yeah. Um, and the impact. Like, when we played wiffle ball as kids, who didn't do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, it's my number five. And we're, co- we're coming down to the stretch. We're down the stretch. Number four with Cash. Uh, yeah, number four with me. Again, another one we spoke about, so I'm not going to really get into it. But it's Jeter's Mr. November home run in 2001. I mean, something the city needed more than anything was a Yankees World Series win. They didn't get it, but that's the closest thing that you're going to get to it. And – it's crazy that when you think about the 2001 World Series, you still kind of do think about the Yankees, even though they didn't win. Mm-hmm. It, that was kind of their year, and you know they blew it, but that was their year, and most people still do think about the Yankees. It's crazy. Yeah, man, but. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. When you think of the 2001 World Series, of course, Game Seven and the Luis Gonzalez bloop over Jeter's head off Rivera gets its rightful due, but a lot of people think about those two games in New York where the Yankees came back in the ninth and ended up winning in extras both those nights it's the it's the 9-11 factor that makes it so i guess pro new york um but the end, 
I mean, that the huge home run, probably the be- biggest moment. If you ask Jeter, and he'll never say it because he'll say, oh, whenever we won. But if you said and tried to grind it out of him, what's your favorite personal moment? I'm sure he'd say that home run. I yeah, mean, I, I left him a couple messages. He has a, he has yeah, a couple I'm so. sure he's going to get back to you as soon as he's possible. He's a little busy. Yeah, he's busy. He's a little busy. Number four, going up to tie. Um, Roger Maris's 61st home run. Um, That's mine. Six, That's my number four. 61 61 to beat Babe Ruth, um, his 60 home run record. Um, yeah, look, I mean. It's the only home run that has a whole movie based on it. So. so I kind of like struggled with this a little bit, like where to rank it on my list, because obviously it's the, it's breaking the home run record at 61, which I had at number six was Maguire beating Roger Maris at 62. And then at number five, I had Barry Bonds beating Maguire with 71 home runs. So, I mean, naturally you'd think that like Bonds should be at the highest of my list and then Maguire and then Roger Maris. But I did take the steroids into account here and the Yankee bias. So I ranked Roger Maris a little bit higher. That's and for a lot of baseball points. historians, it is still the record. A lot of traditionalists yep. will say that it is. Um, it was brought up in the Wire Sosa documentary that when Maris hit this home run, it was controversial. People were pissed off that he did it and he beat Babe Ruth. Um, that you know, I, I think they did mention that he got like death threats for hitting this home run. It's and people didn't count it for a long time, Scott, because he did it in – he had more games to do it. The season was longer for Maris. Yeah, you, can't, you can't blame him for that. It's no. definitely, definitely a historical home run. Um, so then my number four um, is one that pains Phillies fans. Thankfully, I wasn't alive for this one. Uh, 93 World Series, Joe Carter. Uh, game six, walk-off home run to win the World Series – um, some people I've, I watched a couple of the videos I watched today had this one as the greatest home run of all time for the significance as a world series clinching walk-off Homer. Um, that Phillies team was a ragtag group of guys where there wasn't really a star. They weren't really expected to do anything, but they came together, they got hot and they, they made a run. Um, but it was the second of back-to-back for the Blue Jays. Big home run. Painful to say that it, you know, as a Philly fan, because it could have been a World Series for us. But uh, number four, Joe Carter, game six, walk-off home. Another one of the top calls in sports history with the uh, touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a yes. bigger home run in your life. Um, yeah, Blue Jays won back-to-back World Series those two years. I think it was, what, 89-90? Was that? No, 92-93. and 92-93. Okay. So my number four is the same as Ty as the Roger Maris 61. And going off what Scott was saying about how badly Maris is treated, if you watch the Billy Crystal movie 61, they do a good job of kind of saying how badly he was treated. Because not only were they treating him badly, but they were also rooting for his teammate, Mickey Mantle, to beat Maris for the home run record. So it's pretty sad how he was treated, but it's the way way it was, unfortunately. So – Going down to number three, got cash. Uh, yeah, I got plain and simple. Raul Ibanez is game tying home run against the Orioles in the playoffs. My God. The exhilaration. And then he had a walk off the same night. And that's pinch hitting for A Rod, too, right? Yeah. You can't beat that. I mean, I did beat that because it's not number one, but you can't beat that. You know? <laughs> it's so. a big home. I remember that. A Rod was terrible. And the Yankees yeah. were dead. They weren't hitting at all. Um, Ibanez single-handedly brought them to the next round of the playoffs. And then in the next round of the playoffs, game one, the same game Jeter broke his ankle, in that ninth inning, Ibanez ties the game in the ninth off Valverde. Oh, unbelievable. They got, unbelievable. And then, they, and then they, did, they didn't bring him back the next year. Well, I mean, he was old. He was old, but I don't know. That, yeah, I remember those home runs. Those were big. And he hit a home run in the regular season against Boston in the last couple of days of the season to win the division. Just one of the most clutch kind of 10 days you can have as a baseball player. Was Without a doubt. All right, Tyler, what's your three? Sorry, I had to mute my mic. My brother was singing in the hallway. I didn't know if it was going to pick it up or not. He's still singing. You might be able to hear him. I don't um, hear anything. I'm sure he has a great voice. He does, he does have a, a great, great voice. voice. Okay. However, number three is uh, Bill Mazeroski's. Um, That's my 19- number three. We have the same. Glenn, four. high five. Oh, my God. Look at that. Um, 1960. 
Game seven, World Series walk-off. Um, fun fact, it's the only time that a season has ever ended or game seven, whatever, in the World Series. As far series, as you like, can go. As far as you can go has ended on a home run. That's it. So, number three. Yeah, I, sh- I should have mentioned that along with uh, my Joe Carter one for four. Uh, two epic moments in history. And, and Mazeroski was a guy who was known for his glove. Wasn't a big-time hitter uh, for those Pirates teams to then come up and hit a walk-off homer. Uh, great for him. So, my three, as I mentioned before, was Babe Ruth, uh, the called shot. Um, the legend behind that is why I put it there. So, Glenn? My three is Mazeroski, so I agree with Tyler. Um, one story um, that I found interesting, that was the only time that the Yankees and their teammates ever saw Mickey Mantle cry. Mickey Mantle, I guess, was sobbing af- off the field, going into the dugout, into the locker room. And I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Bronx Tale. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. There's a classic scene where little C um, goes to Sonny, who's um, – who's the mob boss, and he goes, I hate Bill Mazeroski. He made Mickey Mantle cry, into which Sonny, the mob boss, says to him, Mickey Mantle doesn't care about you. Why do you care about him? And it's one of the classic scenes in movies. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So that's my little a personal note on that home run. So now we're going to cash with number two. Yeah, number two. We talked about this one also, so uh, we could skip right through it. But uh, it's Didi's home run in the wild card game. Uh, I mean – being at that stadium, it was, you know, I've been to a lot of Giants games. I've been to a lot of sporting events. That could have, that could top the cake. I mean, that was unbelievable feeling the stadium shake like that. I mean, it was unexpected. It came out of nowhere and it gave us life. So that that's it for me, number two. All right, Ty. All right, number two for me is Mike Piazza's home run after 9-11. Number um, two as well. I just feel like like it wasn't a big home run in the scope of the game, but in the scope of the country at the na- in the nation at that time, like you can't even downplay it at all. Like no matter whether you're a Mets fan, you're a baseball fan, you're not even a baseball fan. Like this has been shown. I've seen this. I saw it in high school in a curriculum. I saw it in college in curriculum. Like it's just shown everywhere. This brought the country together um nypd the fire department they were there wearing the hats like it's it, I don't, it's just a great moment like i can't really elaborate on it any more than that because it's just that great like there's not much more to say it's just a it's huge not moment. like it's not like it happened a few weeks after this was the first game in new york mm-hmm. back and exactly happened. 10 days after the sm- there's still there's still smoke and there's still debris everywhere and yep. he did that it was incredible yeah Absolutely, I agree. It's my number two as well. Um, epic moment. Um, as you mentioned, doesn't really matter who you're a fan of. Mets are one of our biggest rivals here, but um, it's huge. the The state of the country at the time was everyone was everyone was sad. Everyone was just how do we move on at this point? Um, and for for him to go out there and in that game hit that home run. And at that point in the season, it was huge for the Mets. They were in a pennant race. Um, could you imagine if the 2001 World Series was the Subway Series that we had the year before, how awesome that would have been? A Yankees-Mets World Series that year would have been awesome. Um, but absolutely huge home run. Um, and I think, it, I think it's an underrated home run as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my two. Glenn? So my number two is probably I, I, I it'd be hard pressed to find a bigger Yankees home run ever than what my number two is. I have Aaron Boone's home run against the Red Sox in game seven of the 03 ALCS. Obviously it was off Wakefield. The Yankees are down five, two in the eighth, ended up tying it on that Posada bloop off Pedro of all people, probably public enemy number one in those days in New York. Uh, Mariano Rivera then pitched three scoreless innings and then Marin Boone first at bat of the game and he hits the home run down the left field line probably you really can't do much better as a Yankee than hitting a walk-off home run against the Red Sox in the ALCS so that's my number two yeah huge down, I mean yeah. that, that's this moment of his career mm-hmm. Boone was a he was a good baseball player but nothing special but to have a moment like that against your arch rival in a game seven, huge, huge. Cash, was that your number one? 
now we are down to number one. So here we go. Cash, go ahead. Yeah, my number one is a major personal one. Uh, it's not that big I'll of a all home personal? Run. Yeah, but this one's different. Uh, okay. It's September 9th. Uh, uh, not September 9th, sorry. Uh, September 8th. September 8th, 2009. Nick Swisher hit a walk-off home run against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, September 9th was the last conversation I ever had with my grandmother before she passed. And it was all about Nick Swisher. It was all about that home run. So for me, that's the most memorable home run of all time. It always will be. Um, and the reason I wear the number 33 on my chest all the time is for him because of him. So, uh, it was a really special moment for me and my family. So that was, that's a big one. That's Nick Swisher, number 33. That's, that's my favorite home run of all time. That's what it's all about. Glenn, you swiped my number one with your number two. So, okay. Boone. Oh, the skip, the skip with his home run in 2003 is just an absolute monster moment. There's nothing more to say about that. All right. Uh, my number one is, uh, is Hank Aaron hitting number 715 in 1974. Um, taking over Babe Ruth. Another, another historical baseball moment, but it also you got to bring into the, the scheme of the country at the point. Uh, just coming out of the civil rights era, Hank Aaron being an African-American, becoming the all-time home run king in Atlanta, Georgia, a place where, uh, you know, the race segregation was huge. Um, for him to, to do that, another guy who got a lot of negative backlash for what he was doing for just being a, a damn good baseball player, um, unfortunately – uh, Barry Bonds came in and took that record away from him. Still a lot of people have Hank Aaron as the home run king. Um, one of the things I, I liked watching these old home runs is how fans were just running onto mm -hmm. the field. Just It was absolute chaos all the time when a big home run happened. People are coming on, jumping on top of him while he's trying to round the bases. Could you imagine that now? Like, I don't know, no. somebody, somebody hits a walk-off homer and everybody in the stands just storms the field. That's, it's absolute chaos back then. Uh, so my, my number one, Hank Aaron, breaking the, uh, the home run record in 1974. Yeah, it's amazing how fans were allowed to do that. They used to be able to exit through the field after, like, in the old, the old, old Yankee Stadium. They used to exit on the field, go out the center field gate. Great. And then, obviously, another fan moment was the Chambliss home run in 76 where he never actually touched home plate. And when he came, when they escorted him out to touch home plate to officially score the run, the home plate was stolen. It was completely gone. <laughs> That's the story. So my number one is old, 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 old baseball. The Bobby Thompson home run, the Giants win the pennant, the shot around, around the world, the world. home run. Um, Giants against New York Giants at the time against the Brooklyn Dodgers. Giants are down four to one in the ninth. And by the time Thompson came up, it was four to two with two on. He hits the three run home run off Ralph Blanc Branca. And it's probably one of the most famous old home runs of all time. It was actually the, and why, the reason why it was so big. It was the first ever nationally televised baseball game. So the first time the entire country was watching the same game at the same time. So that's my number one. And that's, that's it. We did it. Nice. It was fun. It was good activity. Did we miss any? Is there any honorable mentions that we did not get to? All my honorable mentions were accounted for. I have one as a final I, I, thought. I got one. Okay, go. Final All thought. Right. Go for your honorable mention. It's two home runs. They were hit back-to-back. -back. The debut back-to-back -back home runs of Tyler Austin and Aaron Judge. I was there. I was there. I was, was listening to it on the radio. Thing. I told my dad to turn on the game, and I was like, I was like, Let's just let's listen to the Yankee game, whatever. Like, oh, these two guys are making their debut. Like, I knew who Aaron Judge was, but I like barely knew who Tyler Austin was. Tyler Austin, I believe, was hitting before him. Mm -hmm. He went deep, and I was like, oh my god, maybe this guy's legit. And then Aaron Judge comes up and hits another one, and that was that at that moment where I realized that the Yankees have a little bit of a future going on here because it was yeah. a rough time when they came up. Mm -hmm. I remember that because I was there, and the night before I was also at the game. So I went to two games in a row. The night before was A-Rod's last game. So they had the whole A-Rod ceremony, and then he was done. And then the next day, they 
replaced A-Rod's roster spot with either Austin or Judge, however it worked out. And then Judge and Austin obviously went deep. And then Tyler Austin kind of flamed out after a little bit, but Aaron Judge is obviously, as we talked about at the top of this podcast, one of the best players in baseball if healthy. So, Tyler Austin, any final thoughts? Moment. Tyler Austin's shining moment taking on Joe Kelly and the Boston Red Sox. There it is. Overall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my, my honorable mention uh, is just a, is a personal favorite and uh, the last pitcher to hit a home run in the World Series. Uh, that would be Joe Blanton in the 2008 World Series uh, for the Phillies against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, an absolute blowout. Joe Blanton, average starting pitcher that they had acquired earlier in the year from Oakland, um, came up, hit a home run, and I think it was like the fifth inning. And post game, they asked him, you know, about that at bat, and he said, "I, I closed my eyes and I swung as hard as I could," and he hit an absolute missile into the left field stands. Sometimes that's uh, what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, so Phillies went on to win that '08 World Series. Um, great moment for me. Should have won one in '09 if somebody other than Chase Utley and Cliff Lee showed up. Phillies would have won. You lost to one. a better team. I don't know about that. Well, that's a that's another conversation for when we have more time on a different tough, show. Tough loss on that one. Uh, so that's my honorable mention, Joe Blanton, last uh, last pitcher to hit a home run in the World Series. All right, Cash, do you have a final thought or most hated person of the week? Yeah, Scott knows who my most hated person of the week is. Yes. Uh, we had a little bit of a home run derby between Brett Gardner. <laughs> Scott, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell the story. No, it's, so your, it's, your, it's your line. It's your most no, hated person no, of the week. Ca- it's your Cash, and I, oh. Cash and I played a game of MLB The Show this week. Um, I played as the White Sox. More, more importantly, I played as Yasmani Grandal. And uh, Cash played as Brett Gardner. As both players hit three home runs in the game, but my third home run with Grandal being a walk-off home run to win the game. Um, Off who? So. Who was it off of? I don't even remember. Might have been Britt. Oh, it was Canely. It was oh, it was Canely. Oh, uh, so it was Canely the most hated person of the week? No, it was my fault. I, so I you read. are the most hated person of the week. You hate no, yourself. No, it's Gondal. It's Gondal. Okay. It's Gondal. Good. All right. Well, that was a fun activity. I'm glad you guys listened to me. It's fine. But that's what these podcasts are for. Everyone has differing opinions. So... It is what it is. So that'll just about do it for this episode of Base Hit Ball 4 for Scott Roswald, Alex Cashman, and Tyler Boomstick. My name is Glenn Denegris. We will see you next week as we are on our way to a 2020 baseball season.